Probably back in the book of Matthew tonight, Matthew chapter number four, Matthew chapter number four, and we've already had a great day uh, in church, the service this morning, uh, the emphasis on missions this morning and this evening. I don't know about you, but I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing from uh, both of our missionaries today, and uh, each time, uh, both morning service, I mentioned it, but I'll mention it again tonight, each time I hear uh, these testimonies, I'm encouraged and I'm convicted. Uh, I want to do more. I don't ever want to get to a place where we think we've done enough. Uh, I want to do more for him. And so uh, I do know because of the extra things that we have done tonight, I do know what time it is, and I am aware of the time, and I'll ignore it like I normally do. Uh, no, uh, this morning I was very good, wasn't I? I told you when you'd be out, and uh, you were out. I said, this. I'll, I'll let you out by 5 after 12 at the latest. And so I'll make the same promise to you tonight. You'll be out by 5 after 12 at the latest. And so, uh, no, I, I will be mindful of the time. And uh, I, enjoy, I, I enjoy these Missions Emphasis Sundays. Uh, I enjoy them just to remind us that there's something bigger than us. I think the Emmanuel Baptist Church is important. Uh, it's the most important, in my mind, it's the most important church in the world. Uh, I, I love this church. I love what God does and is doing through this church. I love the opportunity that is ahead of us. I love the fact that there's brand new Christians in the service this morning and then again tonight. I love what God is doing. And uh, we're reminded of what God has allowed us to do in this area of missions. And I want us to always keep focused on that. And so the purpose of the day, as is this morning, tonight, just to remind us of the opportunity we do have and the obligation we have, the responsibility we have. Uh, there's not, by scriptural definition, there's not missions-minded churches and then non-missions-minded churches. According to the Word of God, there's just missions-minded churches. And I want to be a scriptural church. And so I have a truth tonight. I have something I just hope to put in front of us that will tie in with the message this morning and uh, that we can take with us and keep in mind um, our responsibility we have when it comes to reaching the lost with the gospel. Matthew chapter number 4, beginning reading in verse number 17. <clears throat> From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Uh, I imagine... Uh, as many there's been so many messages preached from this familiar passage of Scripture. I know I've preached several from this passage of Scripture. But tonight, I don't want to so much as preach a message, and I won't even give you my four-point outline tonight, but I want to put our focus on a word. In just a moment, I'll put the attention on the word, and it's the title of my message, but uh, let me just say a couple things before we put our focus on that word and the thought that I believe the Lord has for us tonight. This is a church that, that is aware that there is a heaven and there is a hell. This is a church that week in and week out, we go out and we pursue souls and we tell the lost 
of their and, uh, and remind them of their need of the gospel. This is a church that only supports missionaries, but we send out missionaries. In the service this evening, there are young men, young ladies who feel that God wants them to serve in the area of missions, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, it is something uh, that we're always emphasizing. Uh, it's not uncommon for uh, there to be a message on the winning of souls and the need to give more of ourselves. Uh, that is, the, the, if I can use the word, the culture that we have. We want to rear, and this is a church that has been at this for decades. Uh, we have been after souls for decades, and we have a desire. I, I'm, if, you don't, if you haven't gotten it by now, I just want to remind you, uh, I have a desire for God to use every one of our children. I want God to use all of our young people. I want God to use our single adults. I want God to use our, our young couples. I want God to use even some of you uh, older folks that are much older than I am. I want God to use you in some... Uh, I, I, that's what I want. I believe that we have a heart to reach people. I believe we have people who pray. I know we have people who give. Give to the projects here, but to missions. We're an above average church when it comes to the area of giving to missions. But I say all of that to set a backdrop to what I'm going to put a focus on tonight. You hearing a missionary say, would God call you, is not the first time you've ever heard that. It's not the first time it's been emphasized for you to pray for a missionary. It's not the first time you've ever heard an emphasis of we need to make sure that we're giving to missions so that we can do more. Uh, tonight would not be the first time this morning from our missionary this morning would not be the first time you have heard, our children have heard, would you make yourself available to God for God to use you? But that's what we hear week in and week out. That's our focus from year to year. Our focus is what can we do to not just grow closer to our Lord, and that is a focus for us, but how can we reach other people? With that, I want to remind you of something that I believe we need to keep our focus on. That's in verse number 20. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. That word straightway means immediately, without hesitation, with a sense of urgency. I wonder tonight in a church like the Emmanuel Baptist Church where for decades we have been in the pursuit of souls. I was reminded, spending some time in the hospital today with the Pequay family of how one of our soul winners led Linda to the Lord decades ago. It is who we are. But I wonder tonight if we need to put our focus on that word straightway. Immediately. Right away. Let's consider that tonight as we very briefly look at a couple of truths. Father, I pray that uh, you would allow us to get a glimpse of your heart. That is a heart of love, but it's a heart for the lost. It is your will that every man be saved. If someone dies and goes to hell, they die out of your will. They die going against what you've done for them. Father, I pray that you'd continue to use us as a church to reach people. You would continue to 
allow us to raise up a generation that would give their lives so that they may serve you. Father, I pray that you'll bless the time remaining we have, for it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. This morning I preached on the subject of reaching the world one man at a time. If you recall and haven't forgotten already, Matthew 9, 9 was our text this morning when Jesus uh, saw Matthew and called Matthew. And I pointed out how interesting it was to me that in Matthew chapter number 9, Christ called Matthew and we were reading from Matthew chapter number 9. And how when God called him, he wasn't Matthew the disciple, he wasn't Matthew the apostle. And how we can have an impact in reaching the world with the gospel by just reaching one man. If all of us would do our part to reach one and to train them to win another, oh, we could reach the world with the gospel. If you recall the outline, and I, I bring that up this morning because you could use the same outline in this passage of Scripture. In verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren. Remember my first point this morning? Jesus was looking. Now, I'm not going to re-preach the whole sermon this morning, but I want us to see the parallel, and then we're going to tie in the one truth that I want us to take home with us this evening. Jesus was looking. And as Jesus was looking, we should be looking. We should be looking at those that we could reach with the gospel. And aren't you glad that Jesus was looking for you? I'm certainly thankful Jesus was looking for me. And we see that he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. Remember this morning, Matthew was found in his daily responsibilities at the seat of the, the table of custom. Uh, that's where God found him in his daily routine, uh, not realizing that this was going to be the day when Jesus interrupted it. Then we see the same thing here with Peter and Andrew. They were not sitting at the table of custom, but they were on a boat fishing. And yet Christ cared enough to stop them in their routine and to call them and their life would never be the same. He cared enough. Then we also see what I mentioned very briefly this morning. Jesus was calling. He called Matthew and just as he called Matthew, he called these men, these other disciples. But I want us to, as we ponder that and we think of that and as, as much fun as I had this morning and as much fun as it would be for me to preach that outline again, the fact that Jesus was looking for us and Jesus is looking for others and we need to be looking for others and Jesus cared enough to interrupt our routine and interrupt our daily life and, and it would be changed forever and the fact that he is still calling and there's, he's still calling uh, you and I not just to salvation but he's calling us to a life of service. That's a wonderful thought. I'm thankful to hear a report like we heard tonight that God is still calling missionaries. He's still doing things in other parts of the world where it supposedly cannot be done. I, I, I thank God for that. But I wonder, I just wonder, how many even in the great Emmanuel Baptist Church, you know that we ought to be praying and you specifically should be praying for our missionaries and that word straightway just hasn't got a hold of you yet. All of us tonight could testify of the need of prayer. And I imagine all of us tonight at some point have said to ourselves, I'm going to be that person of prayer. I, I can do that. I might not can do what others can do, but I can do that. And I'll, I'll, I will vow, I will covenant, I will make a point to pray for our missionaries. You just haven't got started yet. I wonder how many 
When it comes to the area of missions, and even when I, and bear in mind, America's a mission field. Jacksonville's a mission field. I'd be okay tonight if somebody came to me and said, the Spirit of God reached into my, into my heart and squeezed my heart, and, he, and, and I believe he wants me to go to Columbia. I'd be happy as could be, but I, I'd be as happy too if somebody said, the Spirit of God reached into my chest and squeezed my heart, and I want to be a missionary to Jacksonville, Florida. And I want to pray for laborers. I want to pray for those that are laboring, but you just haven't got started yet. I wonder how many realize the need of giving. And you're going to give the missionaries. You're going to give the missions. You're going to tithe. You're going to give the special projects. You just haven't started yet. It's not because we don't see a need. It's not because we don't see the, the necessity. We just haven't gotten started yet. I wonder how many Christians have said, one day I'll learn how to win a soul. One day I'll witness to my neighbor. One day I'll get involved in the ministries of the church. One day I'll lay aside the, the weight that does so easily beset me and that thing that I know that I need to give up for the Lord so that I can do more for Him. One day we'll do that, you just haven't done it yet. I want to draw your attention to that word straightway. There's a lot of people through time that God has used because straightway was part of their life. The moment Christ called, they answered. Now, I thank God. Let me just pause right here and say, I thank God. And the book of Jonah is a good example. And we're reminded, the scripture says, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. I'm glad when God is gracious and God is good to us and, and God comes to us a second time. When we, we miss that first opportunity or we, or we squander that first opportunity, he comes to us the second time. And friend, I'm thankful for that. And maybe in the life of some Christian here, uh, the Lord put this on the heart of your pastor this afternoon to come and say, isn't it about time that we hear the word of the Lord? Or maybe this is your second time as the word of, as Jonah. And you say, you know what? There is something I, I remember I'm supposed to do. I remember as a young man, a young lady surrendering my life. But let me remind all the young adults in the building, just because you've forgotten about what you felt God wanted you to do with your life, God has not forgotten Maybe straightway. Maybe we want to hashtag straightway. And immediately, without hesitation, they answered the call of God. Wonder how many have one day has turned into one year. One year has turned into a life that's passed them by with a wasted opportunity. I'm thankful God will use us in any capacity. But I'm sure that even in spite of the opposition that Peter and Andrew would face, and the fact that they would be martyred for the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sure they wouldn't have any regrets about immediately, straightway. I want to make just two observations and we'll be through tonight. I want us to see in verse number 20 again. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. In verse number 20, I believe, is the answer of why 
So many of God's people don't immediately give themselves of service. They don't immediately pray as they should. They don't immediately pursue the will of God for their life as they should. They don't give as they should. They don't witness as they should. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Let me make the first statement. They had to leave some things behind before they could move forward with God. And there's so many directions I could go with that thought right there. Let me just very quickly remind us and speak to us to this effect. Before you can straightway move forward and do that which God has for you to do, you've got to leave some things behind. Some of you need to leave your past behind before, before you got saved. Leave it behind and go forward with God. But I don't want to put, and that's certainly true, and, but that's not my point of emphasis tonight. When I think of this verse and context and connotation of how it may help us as the Emmanuel Baptist Church tonight, and they straightway left their nets and followed him, I can draw the conclusion that in order to follow him, they had to first leave their nets the verse of Scripture comes to mind, in, in my mind, as it applies to us, and they became entangled with the affairs of this world. There are some who do not serve God because they're too entangled with this world. They're too entangled to be accepted this world. They're too entangled with the business of this world. They're too entangled with the desires of this world to leave them behind. And tonight, there's some of you, you have surrendered. If God calls somebody who's never been called tonight, praise God, let's do it, and, and we'll pray, and we'll get it done. But I'm going to speak to those who've already been called. I want to speak to those who already surrender their life. And you're sitting and you're not even serving in the church that you, that you attend. In the time that you put down your nets and left them behind and followed him. I know this isn't popular preaching in our churches today. But I wonder if it was preached more, we'd have more people straightway. Well, I'd serve God, but put down your nets. Sometimes those nets are a friend. Sometimes those nets are something that's not sinful in itself, but it hinders you from doing for God what you should be doing for God. But they had to leave behind so that they could go forward. They couldn't take their nets with them. How silly would it have been for Peter and Andrew to say, okay, we're going to follow you, and they're dragging their fishing nets. And everywhere they go, they're trying to drag their fishing nets. How effective do you think they would have been? Well, it must not be the will of God because I can't take my nets with me. Isn't it amazing how many things we assign to what is and isn't the will of God? They left their nets. They left something behind. Here's number two. Y'all take advantage of this Missions Emphasis Sunday because... You're getting more than two points next Sunday. <laughs> and they straightway left their nets and followed him. Look at verse 21. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James and John. Notice that phrase, and going on from thence. Statement number two is don't let him move on without you. God's work is 
going forward. It's moving on. The question is of whether or not he's going to move on without you. We can put this in context of missions as we do today, or as we're focusing today. And God is doing some miraculous thing and doing some miraculous works in all parts of this world. The work of God is being done. Don't let him move, don't let him move on without you. He immediately, he called for, for Peter and Andrew, and they were fishers. They were, they were busy. They were in their routine. He said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He never promised them a company cell phone. He never promised them a reserved parking spot. He never promised them a title by their name. He just said, leave your nets and come follow me. And straightway, they said, where he is going, that's where I'm going to go. Quite frankly, there's two men today waiting on God to drop some golden parachute out of the, out of, out of the sky so that we have a, 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 an incentive to do something for God. No, friend, you can walk across the street and do something for God. You can talk to your coworker and do something for God. And they left their nets and followed him, and going on from thence, Jesus moved on to the next ones. And he called James... And John, friend, Jesus is moving on. It's not up to him to convince us he's worthy of us following him. We hear the voice of God. We feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. We have a command in Scripture that says that we're supposed to be a witness. We're supposed to invest in the lives of other people. It's a, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be a fisher of men. It's a privilege to serve God. But the work's moving on. My challenge to you tonight is don't let it move on without you. Don't let it move on without you. We'll use our church as an example. The, the Emmanuel Baptist Church is marching on. The direction has been set. The purpose has been determined. And I didn't have to Google to find a purpose statement for our church. I just used the scripture. We're moving on. We, we, we're going to reach people with the gospel. We're going to do the best we can to, to salvage those that have been discarded and cast aside and those that have never had a clear presentation of the gospel, yes, in the United States of America, yes, in the sunny state of Florida, we're, gonna, we're, we're moving on for the work of God. That's not a question tonight. And God has proven time and time again through the years that he will make a way, he will provide, he will put his hand of blessing. If we are just willing to follow him, the work is moving on. The only question tonight is who's going to get left behind? What an opportunity we have. What an opportunity that is set before us as a church. The fields around us, even though we are in the Bible Belt, the fields around us are white unto harvest. 
There, there are people in our neighborhoods that we work with because of where our nation is today that have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel, have never been in Sunday school, don't know who Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are. What an opportunity we have. Don't let him move on without you. I'll make two applications with that and we'll be done. When he moves on without you, somebody else is going to miss out. Could be those that live in your own family. There's somebody, you're their hope. And God knows they're going to be at a certain place at a certain time and he's expecting those that he's called to cross their path and be a faithful witness. But don't lay and move on without you because you're going to miss out as well. One day, it's going to be your last day on this earth. And it's not going to matter. Listen to me. It's not going to matter one bit, not one bit, how well you're accepted by this world. It's not going to matter one bit that you are man enough to make your own decisions. And it's, it's not going to matter one bit that you've got this speech of, it's my life and I know this is what I want. It's not for me. Because you'll not have one more day to serve God. The work is going on. And going on from thence. You know, I made this statement many, many years ago. And I, don't, I, I, I do not know why God impressed upon me. This is not the message I was going to preach tonight. I do not know why God impressed upon me to do this this afternoon, but he impressed upon me to bring this message, this thought tonight, and so here it is. But don't let it move on without you. I, I'm tired of making the speeches, and I, I vowed never to do it again, begging young people to serve God. I remember when you, at that camp, said you felt like God wanted you to go to the mission field. Well, I just don't. I'm not begging you. I'll preach the truth. I'll pray for you. I'll give you the best counsel I can give you. But you're the one missing out on fulfilling the will of God for your life when you lay your head on your pillow at night knowing knowing, knowing that when God made the call, you straightway, you put down those nets and you said, I'm going to follow you. And it doesn't matter. I don't know what's ahead. I don't know the difficulty, but I'm following you because God is going to make that petition. He's going to make that call and he's moving on because he's got others that he's going to call. He's got others that he's going to send out. He's got others that he's going to use to make a difference in the life of someone. Well, aren't you glad that person who God used to get you to him is willing to answer the call 
And he said, follow me. What are we going to say when we get to heaven? What are we going to say? Well, Pastor, I just don't think, is that really what you think that, that, that we're going to say when we watch those who did not know Christ cast into hell? Well, I know I was supposed to go there. I know I was supposed to be a witness. I know I was supposed to get involved in, in the bus mission. I know I was supposed to teach a Sunday school class. I know I was supposed to pray for missionaries. I know I was supposed to give to missions. I know I was supposed to live a holy life so God could use me. I know all of that, but I just I didn't want to let go of my net. I paid for these nets. I didn't want to leave them behind. Straight way. Straight way. Straight way. How long are you going to wait? How long are you going to wait? Christian, how long are you going to wait to leave your net behind? How long are you going to wait to become a tither? How long are you going to wait to give to missions? How long are you going to wait to develop a devotional life and a prayer life? How long are you going to wait to give a gospel tract, a witness to that neighbor? How long are you going to wait? How long are we going to wait to get back to when God moved across this, this, this world in, in, because of prayer and fasting and holy living. How long are we going to wait to pray? And if God gets us up in the middle of the night, he gets up in the middle of the night to pray that God would call our children and God would, would raise up our young people to, to, to do something mighty for him. How long are we going to wait to really get a burden for the city that, we, that God has placed us in? How long are we going to wait? Straight way. Straight way. I believe I'm preaching to the greatest people in the world. This is truly a special place. But I just can't help but think that there's somebody here tonight. You've just been unwilling to put down your nets. Well, I just, no, I hadn't for, if I haven't forgotten... You know, we have we have several men who have served and are serving in the military. I wonder how that would work when they if they went down and they enlisted, and then they didn't want to show up for orders. It was emotional. I made an emotional decision. I was pressured into it. There's the pressure. There is, there is something that can, can you see? And it was, if you can remember back to 9-11 when our nation was attacked, right after that, the enlistments went up. Well, it was the atmosphere and everything that was going on that made me do it. It's, it's, it's because of the pressure that I, that I lived in. And that, how do you think that would work with Washington, D.C.? How about some of you that are still in the military? Why don't you try that tomorrow? Let me know how that works out. But yet Jesus passes by and says, follow me. Straight way. Straight way. Straight way. Straight way. Jesus is returning. 
Jesus is coming back. The hour is getting late. The straight way. Tonight, as we go to invitation, there's something that you've promised God, you just hadn't gotten started yet. Let's get started. Maybe the night God has spoken to you about, I need to pray more. Generally speaking, but pray for our missionaries. I could only imagine what would take place if just a hundred people decided. I'm fervently going to pray for a missionary, for a country. I wonder what would happen. I appreciate all of you that pray for me. I know so many of you pray for me. I wonder what would happen. I can't help but think this way, and I'm thankful for you. Don't, I will not take it for granted. I could, I could not do what God enables me to do without your prayers. But I wonder what, what would happen if everybody prayed for their pastor. If everybody said, Lord, use me. Straight way tonight, let's do business with God. Father, I pray.